my next mistake loves a game wanna play no money suit and tie i can read you like a magazine in it funny rumors fly and i know you heard about me so hey let's be friends i'm dying to see how this one ends grab your passport and my hand i can make the bad guys good for a weekend so it's gonna be everyone from all things sr podcast and in celebration of leslie's amazing night last night in pittsburgh a little taylor a little tay tay how was it oh my little tay tay how was it swift was phenomenal (laughs) uh believe the hype everything around the concert um that you've heard all the goodness was true. It really, it was spectacular. Um, first of all, we were blessed to have a beautiful, beautiful night along the three rivers at Acrisure, which I will always call Heinz Field, um, Acrisure Stadium. Um, so she did this stadium show to, I think it was 72,000. Um, obviously, it was a sold out show. Um, but it was such beautiful weather. Um, she made, you know, she was happy to be back in her home state. She made a lot of references to being in, being from Pennsylvania and having a special place in her heart because this is, you know, where she uh, was was born. Um, she's actually from Wyoming, which is in Redding. It's closer to Philly. Um, it's in the Eastern part of the state. Um, the performance was phenomenal. And if any of you ever watched it, if any of you ever watched, uh, was it, uh, the Kate plus mm-hmm. eight, the John and Kate plus eight, whatever it was back in the day, they were yes. awesome. Oh my gosh. Good memory. Yep. In fact, John used to work mm-hmm. for the state, the Commonwealth, the Pennsylvania and IT. Um, we would see him around um, in the Capitol complex, even during the show, and he was cool. so sleep deprived. Like I felt, I felt bad for the guy. Oh, I'm sure. um, yeah, it uh, was a phenomenal. It was so much fun, and you know, the other part of it was a lot of joy. All the music, all the. It, I was telling Pam before we went on air. It was. Um, probably the best overall production of a stage show that I've seen. It was, it was such a gift to get to go. And we just, I mean, my daughter, I have, I have two girls, as you know, my older daughter, um, is very selective about what concert she sees. Sabrina and I are the ones who will run around and see every live music act we can. Um, but Allie has just a few artists that she really likes to go to and she's wanted to see Taylor Swift for years. And, um, so she (laughs) was the only person in her friend group who, who survived the Ticketmaster fiasco and was able to get tickets. Um, so there were six of us, uh, who went, um, and we all dressed up and, I, I was able to reuse one of my many, many sparkly dance costumes, wore my fishnets and my Converse high tops and was jump, jumping around, singing and dancing. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So much joy. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was beautiful. And I see, oh, we have Deb is on. Good morning, Deb, mm-hmm. Ashley, and Floor, Ashley. Ellie. Elena, Ellie's wishing us a good morning from Shell, Sacramento. Lori. Mm-hmm. So, the state capital of the of the Golden State, Bear State, or, yes. or 
Golden State, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Uh, yeah, well, well, that was fun. Betty was said, fun. I love it. I love Shake It Off, Blank Space, Style, Lover, Invisible String, and many more. Yes, and she actually, I think she sang all of those. Um, mm-hmm. So much surprised. fun. I mean, you can, you can Google her set list. Um, and... Well, I think, you know, but it's not like seeing her in person in a small venue, right? With only she and a guitar, right? In a coffee shop in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, when she was thirteen. <laughs> different production. That's As a very Kenzie different says, production. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Lori. It was, it was amazing. It was fun, Shell and Lori. Um, it was really, really. It was phenomenal. And yes, Betty, Pam and I were recognizing that was going to be part of the uh, discussion. Uh, today is uh-huh. our friend James Frazier's birthday. Absolutely. Paul. It is. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday, James. James Frazier. Not to be confused with Jamie Frazier. <laughs> I know. And speaking of... <laughs> Well, um, we were shaking it off at uh, the concert. I know the premiere of Outlander uh, released yesterday. How it was did. it? Well, I, I'm no longer in Droughtlander. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it was very good. It was good to see them back. Um, it, you know, it's the one episode and it's just setting it up for what's going to be coming up. So nothing new or exciting, except I don't know who's, who has seen the last season or not and what happened. And, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. I just know the promo. Lots of different storylines. I just know the promo was um, phenomenal. It was really, really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was good. And it, you know, again, it, I don't want to spoil it because there's some people that haven't seen last season. And, <laughs> that would be uh, me. That are still in <laughs> Droughtlander. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it, it was beautiful. Um, very different. Uh, I think then, I think this season's going to be really different. And it, I think it'll help start explain some of the story. I, I was, did not finish the book that they based this on. Mm. I still have that one outstanding, but um, yes, yeah, so it'll be it'll be a fun season. That is good. I'm seeing in the chat um, as I try to get into the chat. Um, I'm seeing a lot of comments. Ashley saying, "Yeah, Droughtlander over," and the episode was beautiful. She cried. Oh, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty says, "I'm so behind an Outlander." Same, same. I'm trying to remember if I saw, if I ended season, if I ended season five, or need to watch season five. I have to kind of go through and look. I think I saw season five, so that means I'm behind a season. Um, yeah, last season was very as a very short season, and and that was basically COVID, COVID right? And uh, when they were filming. And also because of, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, Katrina was pregnant at the time, so it kind of threw off their schedule a little bit on that, like it did everything else in the world. But yeah, so it was, uh, this is the uh, sixth season, I believe, or seventh season. I think they said it's seven. Yeah, a minute. What do you guys think? Yeah. It, yeah, it's seven. Okay seventh season and it's uh, considered a life life well lost oh it's a title up the episode oh it sounds so, I, I'm t- I, again, I've seen to I saw it, it they were promoting it so heavily um, mm-hmm. it was it was really remarkable and Flora says I'm in serious Droughtlander and Lori says I'm so far behind in Outlander it would take a commitment to get caught up maybe I should commit Lori I think I'm going to commit I, I think I I think I need to uh, try and catch up during the season um, 
It's, uh, it's such a beautiful show. And Rosebud, it is. Deb it says is. she's behind as well. <laughs> and Ellie said, yes, I stayed up at midnight two nights ago for Outlander season seven. Uh, mm-hmm. You definitely had a busy week, just like Deb mentioned, Ellie, um, with all the graduation activity and a week mm-hmm. of birthdays, she said. Her dad would have been 90 on the 6th, her son Xander turned 15 wow. on the 13th, and we survived the 24-hour trip to Disney. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, Disneyland on Monday with grandkids. I remember you were talking about that last week. And Betty says, I was also supposed to finish watching the Gabriel movies before next week. I only made it to part one of Inferno. Well, Betty, do one a day. There's still still time. time. Still one a day. Well, you'd have Mm -hmm. to double up. Yeah, because... Because... You'd have to watch two, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, of course, you know, I I still have not reread the Yes, and Ellie noted that. Like many people that I'm seeing in the chat room, and uh, the missus comes out on uh, Tuesday. Oh my gosh! And I and I know that Eric is in LA. She's starting her her book tour. She's going to be. Uh, I know she's going to be a book bonanza. She's doing a bunch of dates this month, and she'll be a lot of different places. She'll be in Texas. She'll. I think she's going to be in. I think I heard Utah. Oh wow! I'm not sure. Um. And uh, I think, uh, I, well, I know where she's going to be on July 1st. Uh, where where will that June be, Pam? Be Bethany Beach, Delaware. <laughs> yes. At a little bookstore. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I've already got my gift set up for Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, the United States, or in Philadelphia, they, they make these um like cocktails to go <laughs> and and they and they use um they use really good liquors mm-hmm. in them. you know it's it's not a malt type thing and i'm getting her a margarita <laughs> i love that because <laughs> you know mr grumpy makes the best margarita but at least it'll be <laughs> for a chance so, you know. oh my gosh betty's so Annie. funny she, can she take said, it on the "If I watch just Paul scenes, I might be able to watch all the films in one day." <laughs> <laughs> Betty, that is too funny. True, it is too funny. I know you want more Paul. We'll have more Paul this time. We'll have more yes. Paul this this time, hopefully. So, hopefully. and you know, he was a guest on our podcast way back in the mm-hmm. day. And it's still out there somewhere. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to James Andrew Frazier on our podcast, you can look it up. Yes. Yep. So, wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't discriminate. And Brenda said that would be a major <laughs> marathon for sure. Good morning. Mm-hmm. I hope you have recovered so. from your whirlwind trip, uh, Brenda. Thank you so much Too for joining London. us last week. Um, for those yes, of you yes, who have not, did not hear our podcast last week, we had a live from London with special correspondent Brenda, uh, who was mm-hmm. on the ground for the premiere of uh, Gabriel's Redemption. And that was really, really and great. I, I think Deb was there, Yes, too. Deb was there, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Betty will love the interaction between the presser, professor and Paul, Deb said, which is great. Uh, yes. <laughs> Betty said, I think I intimidated James with it. my quiz. <laughs> you intimidate all of us with your quizzes, Probably. Betty. I love it. Probably. So. And, uh, but yeah, so it'll be good. And then, uh, as far as going to be joining us on July 8th to, uh, you know, to discuss the movie. And I know that we have his birthday coming up in that time too. But uh, he'll be with us then. Yes, yes. And speaking of SR. Um, the International Man inter- of Mystery, who is in a, has, a, has been um, in covert mode this week. Yes, yes. <laughs> SR. Out of pocket, so to speak. Yes, yes. I have a feeling he's been traveling and enjoying his time, which is great. I'm sure. I'm yes. Sure. 
And it, it also means that he, he, he doesn't have to deal with Canada Day celebrations coming up. So. <laughs> yes. And uh, Betty, as Betty noted, uh, Raven's birthday is coming. Yes. We, we knew yes. we knew the summer yes, birthdays were upon us. So going to yes. be fun. We might we might need we to have a special guest up. to uh, to join us that uh, that podcast with the <laughs> with some quiz uh quizzes for the party so we shall see how that goes mm-hmm. Sounds yes good. so so the only thing i can tell you is that we do have uh gabriel's redemption coming out next week and the 22nd as far as very right and as far as very excited because it, it coordinates with the 10th anniversary of of the publication of the book so that is very cool. yes this year is the 10th public anniversary of that coming out which is just mm-hmm. mind-blowing to me <laughs> i know I and know. shell says uh, there's the roaming gnome that. and now there is the roaming <laughs> so true shell so true so true and Lori calls betty the queen of quiz very much she and is. as we start chapter 14 part two uh, Betty notes that today's chapter has more Paul, which it does. I, I thought of you when I was uh, reading and writing the questions. I figured you were going to love this part. Um, and Shell's saying SR is on a research tour. I certainly hope so, and I hope he's having a great time. Um, I do too. When I asked him last week where he was taking us in his writing, he said Spain. Ah. Uh, so who knows? And Lori's and speculating. She said, I bet SR was at the London premiere. I'm behind on the comments. <laughs> you never know, international man of mystery. <laughs> yeah, although I, 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 it would be nice if he was. Yes, Brenda, our, com- was, our, Brenda our on-the-ground correspondent, uh, said, no, sadly, Lori, he wasn't. <laughs> and Shell would rather have more cowbell than Paul. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Well, let's dig into it, shall we, friends? Because we shall. Um, I have to keep uh, we have to keep this moving today. I have a rehearsal that I have to leave um, for, and I uh, want to make sure we can get a lot of good discussion in for this part. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you know, uh, this is this is a chapter with Paul and Julia. Last time we chatted, told Gabriel she is going to have lunch with Paul. Paul invited her, and he, she was going. Um, and good morning, Cheryl. Great to see you. Great to see you. And Deb. Uh, Yes, Deb says if he was there, he didn't reveal himself. <laughs> so we start um, this part of the chapter um, after the altercation Julia had with Krista in the stairwell, uh, uh, the nasty altercation. Um, so Paul and Julia were going to a small Lebanese restaurant for their lunch. And he told her that he was sorry she and Krista had another run-in. Um, maybe she only came to harass you, he speculated. Um, <laughs> Betty said, Julie is so relaxed around Paul, maybe mm-hmm. too relaxed. She sang like a canary. <laughs> I don't think she had em- uh, uh, enough tequila in her for that. I just think she was tired and overwhelmed. Um and and Cheryl's making Cheryl's commenting. I don't like this new updated Mixler. It has its pros and cons, Cheryl. I'll 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 give it. Yeah, I'll it give does. You that. It does. But we're so glad you're on. It's so glad to see you in the chat. Um, you big hugs. As Shell notes, we know a CFP came to make trouble, and, and she definitely did. Uh, Julie was fidgeting with her ring moving her wedding band with her thumb. And she told Paul that she was concerned. She said, Krista's going to try to make me look stupid by asking questions. 
And, <laughs> and, and Paul responded by wrapping his arm around her shoulder, saying, she's not, she's not going to be able to make you look stupid because you're not stupid. He was supporting her, um, being a good friend. <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> a Paul chapter, why do I feel nauseous all of a sudden? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Brenda, you are hilarious. <laughs> Betty, restrain your restrain your rage, please. <laughs> Betty says, you know what you need, Julia? A shower. <laughs> yes, yes. So you know, Paul, I think Paul was trying to be a responsive, uh, caring friend and being like, no, she's not gonna she's not gonna make you look stupid. You're not stupid. Remember that. <laughs> Just stand your ground, he said. After taking his arm off of her, he mentioned that she just looks so much better than the last time he saw her. Um, and as Betty noted, naughty Brenda. Shell said, touchy-feely Paul is a problem. Hands off the married woman. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I'm, I'm hoping we get some feedback from SR on that point. Because I did ask him about that. And uh, if, if we get some feedback, if we get a response to that question, I will share it um, on a future podcast for sure. So, you know, when he mentioned the last time, you know, it made Julia think back. Um, she remembered when she said goodbye to Paul. She was much thinner and really sad, though she was optimistic that life in Cambridge at Harvard would be much better. And she, you know, she very candidly said married life agreed with her, which was not something Paul wanted to hear. Um, the thought of her sleeping with the professor, um, given uh, the fact that he had been involved in a BDSM relationship and, you know, Paul was so fixated on that, that he really was hoping that he had given up, Gabriel had given up that BDSM lifestyle because uh, instead hoping he was treating her with gentleness because an image of Julia being tied up just made his stomach turn. <laughs> and Betty said, maybe I'm the only one, but I thought of the line stupid is as stupid does <laughs> regarding Krista. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't think that, but it's true. You know, I mean, she's bright. Her her intellect oh, yeah. will shine through. Krista's going to be the one who looks bad um, trying to catch her like that. Betty says, I think mm -hmm. Paul's been a good friend. I don't see any red flags. Yes, he still has feelings for Julia, but he's trying to be there for her, supportive and listening. Um <clears throat> And Shell says, stupid is as stupid does, describe CFP to a T, Betty. Yes. <laughs> and Betty says, I don't know, Paul, you might want to try the tying up thing. It might be fun. <laughs> you never know. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe that's something uh, Elizabeth could talk to him about. <laughs> we'll that's have to true. see. So, you know, Julia noticed his kind of his reaction and said you're a little green and are you okay and J Paul says he was fine but the rabbit seems to be gone and Julia said and it's about time <laughs> well yeah I mean I, I'm thinking yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking yeah you know the rabbit was at the very beginning, um, it was very you cute. know, and she said um, she did uh, confide that the rabbit did return when she was nervous, like speaking in front of the people at the conference. She's thinking her legs is pro are probably going to get wobbly. Um, and yeah, there's. You know, there's comments in here regarding the BDSM. Elena said Paul really didn't know the extent of the BDSM relationship. He totally no. built it up for more no. than it was. Gossiping Paul? 
Possibly. And Ellie noted that, you know, it was an encounter, not a lifestyle for yeah. Gabriel. Gabriel's exploring. You know, he was trying desperately to do something to get him out of his his negative spiral. And he thought that might be a way to do it. Um, <laughs> and Cheryl notes, I think if anything ever happens and Julia's a widow, Paul will slide to Julia quickly. Very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> although, although Julia might be very well like... Uh, like Grace or uh, Richard, mm-hmm. and this will this will help Kenzie in her mind uh, that she would never go out further than than Gabriel after if something happened to him. God forbid. Yeah. Well, um, the you know Betty's saying if I had to picture Paul and Allison tied up and doing stuff, it might be nauseous too. <laughs> and uh, you know. Shell noted that the rabbit, for her, the rabbit comment was so off-putting from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that people didn't like in the film, but I feel like in the, the film version, it wasn't explained why he called her rabbit. It made more sense when you, the book, it, it doesn't, it sounds creepy to me in the film. In the book, it didn't sound creepy, but it was, you know, it was a little bit, um, it, it 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 made you kind of think, but he was describing how yeah. he how she appeared to him, um, right? You know, and to help put her at ease, he said, "Just pretend that you're telling me, you know, that you're presenting the paper to me." Um, and then noticed, and he commented that she cut her hair, and she said, "Yes." Gabriel wasn't fond of it. Um, and, uh, although he didn't say it, Paul felt the same way. He agreed with the professor. He, he missed her, her longer locks. And, um, and, uh, you know, Deb was, uh, noting that she thinks, uh, he thinks he prefers Julia being the vulnerable young woman as opposed to the confident one who stands up for herself. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, very, very true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think, I think he's glad that she's found her voice, but I think he, he might miss that, to your point, he, Deb, because he, I think he, he, he liked being her protector and her, her, her support. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there was a there lot. There was, you know, he he saw this vulnerable young woman in a classroom in Toronto and went into t- ultra protective knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Shell, I I know I Shell said in the book it made her uh, the rabbit comment made her nauseous as well. Um, mm-hmm. Betty felt the rabbit nickname was cute, and if it did fit her, she was shy and scared. She needed love to grow you know, hence the reference to the Velveteen Rabbit. Um, Mm -hmm. And Paul had missed part of her evolution, Betty noted, so it might be a little weird for him, which is true, which is true. I mean, they haven't been in contact for a long while. Um, And regarding some of the BDSM discussion, um, Anne was not a good mistress. Even Gabriel couldn't handle it. So was Paul exaggerating. I think not, Betty said. And Anne had a blog about BDSM. So Paul wasn't making stuff up um, from her perspective. And and Betty said that the kitten nickname. (laughs) I think they were both terms of endearment. in a way, I think he likes to see her evolve, uh, Brenda said. Uh, but obviously, he wants to be the one who made the changes in her or given her the confidence and not Gabriel. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Ellie said, both Paul and Gabriel gave Julia an animal moniker, Paul the rabbit and Gabriel the kitten. But I do not. But I do think Gabriel saw her more clearly because the kitten did not because the kitten did have claws and she became a fierce lioness when she needed to. Absolutely. And Brenda noted kitten is way sexier. Yes, it is. And Deb said, uh, Deb mm -hmm. agrees. 
uh, he wanted her to be her protector and someone she could really rely yeah. upon. And depend yeah. On. So as they continued their discussion, um, Paul kind of agreeing with the professor about the hair, he looked down and he noticed her rings and he said, well, that's quite a rock. She thanked him. Um, also noting that Gabriel picked it out for her and Paul wasn't surprised by Julia's big fat ring. Um, uh-huh. He said he was he was surprised that she, Gabriel didn't have his name tattooed across her forehead. Um, but Julia told him that she would have married Gabriel with a tie from a garbage bag or a Cracker Jack ring. She just didn't care about those material things. She didn't care about the ring. It wasn't a ring that he could give have given her. She would have been happy with anything. She just wanted to be with him. Exactly, and I can remember getting married as a very little girl <laughs> with an Oscar Mayer ring. <laughs> anyway. Well, and I think for her, it was just, it was Gabriel. Nothing else mattered. She wanted to be with him, and she was happy, and married life did agree with her because, mm-hmm. because she was with her, her Gabriel. And I Her don't Gabriel, know how so. Paul feels about that. I think it's hard for him. I, don't I think, think it's hard for him. I think it's very hard because she knows because as as she's going she's going on about you know, as I probably she's probably looking at a ring at the mm-hmm. same time. She says she told him that he had uh, Gabriel had paid off all her student loans and uh, she said that you know I was going to consolidate them and pay the you know have, so I could make one payment and she's. He insisted upon paying them off, which would have been nice for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> but, and Paul whistled, told, and saying, that, you know, I guess it took us uh, some use to getting to that, getting used to that kind of money. And, uh, and she said, it, it, the fact that they share everything, including a bank account, was what really, you know, kind of freaked yeah, her a little bit. Yeah. And because um, they, you know, like a lot of us, when we get married, our, we, we don't have that big a bank account or savings account. I know mine was practically yeah. nil. After yeah. Well, and Lori wedding, made the point and, and reminded, you know, she loved Gabriel before he had any money. Like she loved him before exactly right. any of that material stuff came into play. So, um, you know, Paul then changed the subject. I'm sure it was nauseating for him. Um, and he asked how she liked Cambridge, and Julia loved Cambridge. She could walk, you know, to Harvard, and because uh, I know it's that where they lived in Cambridge was not too far from uh, the campus, Harvard campus. <laughs> um, and the neighborhood, I mean, that was such a great little neighborhood, that whole area, and, and you know, to be able to walk along the Charles River and what have you. And uh, she speaks. The, she did this because she didn't like to drive. <laughs> and uh, she said, when he asked her why, he said, well, because I keep getting into sketchy neighborhoods. Even with the GPS, she could find herself lost in, in quite, a few, quite a few minutes. And uh, so Paul asked if she drove at all, and she said, that, you know, yeah, she does, but Gable insisted upon the, the Range Rover, and... It's very hard to drive in in, uh, in the car when you're not used to that size car. And she would have preferred a smart car or one of the new Fiat's. Mm-hmm. But but Gabriel thought that would be like driving a tin can. <laughs> I don't know. My Volkswagen Beetle suited me well from 1971 when I got my license to 1983. <laughs> well, I'm broadcasting from a beautiful orange uh, VW Beetle named Blossom sitting in the Sheets parking lot. Oh, there you go. Um, there you go. In uh, Pittsburgh. That's very so, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, they, they, uh, you know, I think obviously Gabriel wants to make sure she stays safe and has his own opinions on these things. Um, as Betty says, speaking as a non-driver from New York City, driving is overrated. Just get a cab, bus, train, or just walk. <laughs> well, she does have the options in Boston. There is good public transit there. Most places That's there true. aren't really, that there is isn't true. a lot of good transit. Um, in the States. 
it's getting there, but um, yeah, there was some good chatter. There's some good comments here about whether or not she loved Mm -hmm. Gabriel um, before he had money. Betty asked if he really did love him at 17. She loved the idea of Gabriel, but that she really, she didn't really know him. Um, Deb noted she's not, She's not sure if Paul realized how far back Julianne's feelings for Gabriel went. I'm sure he he doesn't. He doesn't know their backstory. He doesn't. Um, that's something they've, they've kept to themselves. And um, I think I think he would have a better understanding of things um, had he known. Although yeah, he probably would have. Like it. Um, Shell notes that Dante no, claimed he would, to have loved Beatrice would. from their meeting as a child. So again, that's SR weaving the tale based on the Dante and Beatrice. And the divine and divine mm-hmm. comedy. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I she may not have recognized it as a deep love that, you know, it was... Really, a, a huge infatuation that grew into love, just by knowing things about about what he likes and she developing those. Things. Well, and Flora notes Julia's crush was from that one photo from Gabriel rowing, yeah. Yeah. and you know, Shell notes with love for some people when you know, you know, and I think that could be it too. Yeah. I mean, it can be beyond infatuation; it can be beyond lust. There could be some connection you have with the person when you first meet them. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. just that physical chemical reaction, although I think that does play mm-hmm. a part in this story. Um, it does. Yeah. Uh, Betty notes Paul doesn't know how long Julia, how long ago Julia and Gabriel go back because she never mentioned that to him. She mentioned having an ex named Owen who used to be abusive. And then there was a new Owen who was not abusive. And then he turned out to be Gabriel. So I can't blame Paul for being confused and reserved about Gabriel. No, that's true. And and uh, Ellie says, Betty, I'm one that did fall for my love at first sight. And don't underestimate the love of a teenager. Sometimes it is real. There were a lot. There's was lots to learn, and they didn't know each other, but what they saw in each other. And that's true. I mean, I always relate the story. I met my husband on Memorial Day weekend in 1982, and we were married June 27th, 1982. Yes. So, you know, it was, and, and we, we didn't see each other for a week after we first met. So <laughs> basically it was two and a half, three weeks. And we were, we were together for 18 years. So, I mean, there's, there was obviously a connection. There. And that was the same for Deb. Yes. She said. And mm-hmm. Shell asked, she said her so. ex was called Owen? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't remember that piece of it. Um, well, yeah, because she was uh, calling um, before he found, you know, before everybody found out it was Gabriel, when she was talking about a boyfriend with Paul, when they were walking around campus one day, I guess, she called him Owen, because that was Gabriel's middle right. name. Right. I just didn't tie that Owen as to being abusive. No, because that that would have been. I mean, Paul may have thought that, but um, you know, we we know that it was uh, what's it? What was his name? Nathan. Mm-hmm. I forget. So yeah. So. Oh, you mean Simon? Anyway, Simon. Yeah. That's it. What did I, say? I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't know either. Julia lied about but, both Owens. Betty noted, and she said, "I'll be honest. I love drug out Gabriel. He was kind, then sober. Professor Gabriel showed up and was cool and distant." And private Gabriel can be kind or bossy. So. She said she called Simon Owen. I don't remember that. Anyway, one of the things that Paul did want to know because of with her driving was, uh, you know, with the Range Rover, she says, well, you know, what are you going to do, invade Baghdad or Charleston? <laughs> I can remember when Jim and I bought a, a car, a Toyota 4Runner in it. We had the thing in the front mm-hmm. that went around the... And I can remember a friend coming up and saying, oh, you're going to go hunting for rhinos in the in the uh, savannah? <laughs> <laughs> because of the... Yeah, anyway. 
So they got to the restaurant, and Paul's opened the door now, and, and before they could talk, there was, a, there was a commotion at a table with a small child. And uh, she had to be about three or four, and she was, she's got a book, and she's constantly playing this one, pushing this one button, playing the same note over and over. And I'm just wondering if it was either Wheels on the Bus or <laughs> um, The Song That Never Ends or the Shark Song, Baby Shark. <laughs> anyway. And at that moment, an older man who was sitting there had asked the waiter or the host, to, could you please quiet this child? And uh, the woman was, you know, so embarrassed by this, which I, because it was, it was ruining his lunch. It's like flying on a, with an infant on a plane, some people would say would be bad. But children who can't be quiet shouldn't be taken to restaurants which I guess was my grandfather's uh, idea because when he, they, whenever we would go out to dinner with my grandparents when my sister and I were little, my mother always fed us a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before we went. <laughs> we were only allowed to have dessert. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's the, the whole restaurant scene, you know, everybody's seen... There, there's you, you, you mm -hmm. can relate, and if you if you have children or if you're with a young child, um, and they are hard to settle at some point, you you, you can feel for the mother, um, and you know so you can kind of uh, imagine how this thing is set up, um, and you know Betty had noted just to to clarify where things were with the Owen Paul. Uh, thing when Paul sees the bite mark on Julia's mm -hmm. neck, uh, he asks who did that to her. Her ex, she clarified she was attacked. Paul proceeds to say he would never let that happen to her. Then she says Owen came to her rescue, and Paul remarks that he thought Paul was, or uh, and Paul remarks that he thought he was abusive to her, and that's what she had told him that it was you know she was rescued from by Owen. So. Um, Betty says, I do believe in love at first sight, but I also think love can either grow and flourish or wither over time. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. very true. It, it needs to be tended like a garden. So mm -hmm. as they walked in the restaurant towards the table, Julia noticed the man was getting really grumpy and she was appalled at the way he was acting. And she asked the host if maybe they could just trade tables with the woman and the child. Um, if, if not, that's okay, she said. But the girl, the little girl might like to sit by the window and look outside. And the host probably loved that solution and felt <laughs> relieved. He excused himself and mm -hmm. asked in Arabic if they would like to move to the window. And the mother then said to the girl, Maya, we can go sit by the window and look at the cars. Isn't that nice? And Maya followed to where her mother was pointing and agreed. And she then said to her, thank you. And hearing that name really startled Julia. She froze in space. Maya looked up at the host and mumbled something. And then she smiled at Paul and Julia. And they were carefully ensconced with that little girl looking out the window. Her book totally forgotten. She was distracted and taken in. Um, by the, the view on the street. And Paul and Julia took their seats next to the grumpy man. So I think that was a very good solution. Um, Betty said, I felt bad for the mom. It's not Rosie going out with children. And no. um, Maya, I know. What are the odds that another woman would name her daughter Maya and she and her daughter would end up at the same restaurant with Julia Paul and Paul at the same time? Um, yeah, mm -hmm. and I actually think, thank goodness it was it was Paul and not Gabriel because I think that would have really been, I Locked think that would have really, really taken uh, Gabriel's breath away. Um, as they sip their drinks and munch from the plates in front of them, Paul said, you didn't ask me about moving the table. And Julia said, I didn't think you would mind. Paul knew she was right and that it was better that she handled the situation. 
um, because he actually was going to go speak to the man directly. What a jerk. Um, Julie was looking at him, shaking her head. Paul did not know why he was so surprised by people's insensitivity, um, but he was. And Julia said she was glad he was because she knew too many cynical people. They both did. Um, and, you know, they, they just kind of uh, took, a, took a pause. And Flora's noting, oh, I'm brought back to Gabriel's dream of Maya with this scene. Mm -hmm. And um, that Brenda noted uh, regarding the love at first sight, Betty, even for those who have love at first sight, you have to learn, evolve and grow with your partner together and also individually. It's easy to grow independently and not grow together. People have to put in the work. That's the hard part. And <laughs> Betty notes, Julia, well, Paul, I have you wrapped around my finger. You won't mind at all. <laughs> and Ellie True. said, little girl uh, Maya, I felt for that situation too as an early interventionist. I would have given that mom my card if she ever needed added support for her child who likely is with ASD. Mm -hmm. uh, see, uh, they, um, I just remember uh, having an episode with Patrick in a restaurant with my sister and my brother-in-law and I think my uncle was here. And we'd all gone out to dinner, and uh, I got one of those arched back temper tantrums. Oh yeah, going on. I so that I had to leave the table with Patrick so, and sit in the car while everybody ate their dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you really have to just remove. Oh, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it got to the point where he had to be removed. It was just they yeah. got bad. But and then. Uh, the I had story about my my uh, father's sister. They she and her husband had taken her uh, my cousins out to dinner, and she had a boy and a girl. And Johnny was the older, and uh, Helen was. Uh, my aunt always had these beautiful, huge bows and very pretty dresses for my cousin Helen, and uh, she always looked like a very little lady. She had very long blonde hair and everything, and. <laughs> they're in this really nice restaurant and all of a sudden Johnny did something to, to her and she got up on her chair fists on the table and screamed bloody oh, murder no. at her brother. Oh no. Oh no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Betty says me and this is why I carry candy with me to bribe kids want the candy stop crying. <laughs> oh Betty you're too much. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, so. as they finished uh, discussing uh, that they both knew too many cynical people, Paul looked over at the mother and child and then said to Julia if she was considering having Amaya in the future. Julia, Julia winced at hearing the name and said, no, um, not yet, yeah. I mean. Um, Paul looked at her as she looked panic-stricken. Was she worried about having kids? Um, she answered while looking down and sipping on her water and said, no, I, I, I do want kids, but later on. And then changing the subject, she asked how his father was. So, you know, I think that's an interesting interaction because her, her reaction uh -huh. really was, she was still rolling from the hearing Maya and I think she was in such shock from that, that, you know, that fed into her reaction about having children, you know, cause Paul's question was not, do you want children now? It was like, do you see yourself having children in the future? And yeah. I think she would have felt answered it differently. Had she, I think her, her reaction would have been differently had it not been the Maya um, name uh, mentioned. So Oh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, Paul didn't know it at the time, but um, you know, I think the interaction that Julie and Gabriel had about discussing about him saying he wanted to have a child with her kind of freaked her out, and then having Paul saying, "Are you considering yeah. this?" Which uh, you know is a somewhat normal question when a woman first gets married. So. <laughs> Some more intrusive than others, but um, yeah, I it's, I think it's a little of so both. I think that but had it. 
as I reread it, I initially thought him asking her, I guess initially when I read this, I did not pick up on the fact that she was reeling so much from the name of my, she had that vision to the name. I, I, I didn't play that. I didn't have that play into place as much as mm -hmm. it was kind of a double whammy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just knows. <laughs> and Betty knows. Only Julia wants to about Paul's dad. And this question and her reaction well, raised finally. red flags to Paul. It showed him that not all is well in Julia's world. <laughs> and Elena mm -hmm. says, really, Paul? So not your business. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Elena, <Right>. I love you. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. That she did. So... It was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, he, I don't know. It's not his business, but he's also trying to. Uh, well, he out is what's a friend, and this is something that, again, I think Elena, the the points you've raised in the past about, you know, she's a married friend now, and and there are boundaries that should be respected. Um, it's different than when they were just classmates. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Shell says one of the questions that people ask that isn't really their business. When are you going to have kids? Well, and I think oh, I it that. puts I a lot of uh, pressure and it puts pressure on people who are considering having kids. It's just a nuisance and annoyance if you're not having. I mean, it's just... It, it's it's really something that is more for the the couple to share, not for you to to delve into. Uh, right, right. I I mean I I deal with this with my neighbor up the street all the time with her granddaughter. Her granddaughter, mm -hmm. I think she turns forty this year, and um, it's like, well, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And I want to be a great grandmother, and you know, this girl. She's mm -hmm. like, I don't think I want children. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think she would be such a great mother. I said, don't, don't pressure her into that. That's, you know, she, there may be a, a gazillion reasons why she doesn't want to have children. And she's not letting you know. So, you know, maybe it's, uh, she does, you know, maybe it's her, the way her father is. Her father's got some mental issues. You know, maybe she doesn't, she feels she doesn't want to carry that along into the next generation. I don't know, but you know, let them, let them be. Yes. That's my yes. Yes. Um, as, as Shell says, the answer should always be, are, are you writing a book? Leave that chapter out. <laughs> and Betty said, I ask people, I ask people, <laughs> when are you shaving your head? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it is a common question. I think it's becoming less common now. I think it was much more so probably 10 years ago, 15 mm -hmm. years ago, um, with more traditional expectations and constructs in place. Um, <laughs> but he says, okay, you have a point. Maybe Paul shouldn't have asked, but Julia needed to blow off some steam. <laughs> This is um, true. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into that because next yes. week we're going to be finishing yes. off the chapter. Absolutely. If we can get through discussing the movie. <laughs> no, I think I think we can do both. I mean, I think we'll have some preliminary. I don't know, because I, I think we're going to really want to get into the movie with SR. So I think we'll do both. We'll see. Right. Right. Flora notes she has friends all around her with kids, and I have we not. Will find it out. doesn't bother me. I always say I would love kids, but if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with it. It's also about finding that person to have kids with. On Elena notes, True. Elena notes that. Um, oh my gosh, just bounced. As someone who doesn't have children, um. Just labs. I've been asked many times. It's really not anyone's business why I don't have children, and 
and sport that I am, I always make it an uncomfortable answer. <laughs> Lena. That's good. That's good. My sister has no children, and and I know that a, a lot of people have asked her why. I that was something she and her husband had to deal with. I you know, and I felt that it was up to them to. Let me know if they wanted me yeah. to know. It's everybody's personal choice because it's their personal business. Mm-hmm. Deb That's notes right. they hadn't seen each other in quite a while, so I'm not sure how close of a friendship they actually have. Um, Allie noted, um, uh, I think so too, Leslie, the Maya name rocked her. It wasn't just a trigger and nerves about her perception that Gabriel wanted to start a family right away, which he didn't. He just wanted to plan as it would take time for the vasectomy reversal and may not even be possible. Mm -hmm. But Julie was seeing this child, Maya, and thinking of Gabriel's Maya, whom he lost. So that played into fears about having a child Mm -hmm. lost, as well Mm -hmm. as reminders of all the loss of Maya and how that affected Gabriel. And also pointed to the Paul and Gabriel relationship. Yeah, there's a lot wrapped Mm -hmm. into those four letters and that name. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Shell said, here I feel that Julia blew off steam with the wrong person. Um, And Betty notes, Julia doesn't have anyone besides Paul to talk about her fears. Rachel doesn't count. And I doubt Catherine would want to hear Julia complain about marriage and babies if she doesn't have that. Um, Shell. Yeah, because at this point, her relationship is still very tenuous Mm -hmm. with with the the, um, other woman. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, I think it's, I don't know. It's tenuous to a point. I, I don't know. Because it's so I don't new. know at this point. I think, I don't think it's tenuous to you. I, well, I think it is only because it's a, it's, a, it's a new relationship. I mean, he's just, she just said call me Catherine as opposed to mm-hmm. Professor. So that, that makes it a little different. But I think after, the, since the wedding, I feel like things shifted when they got married. Oh, they have. But she's, I don't think she's still quite with that comfortable with oh, it yet. That, it's like, you know, it, it's like, you know, when you, you have a relative that in your life that's not, well, my family, that's not an aunt or an uncle. They're maybe a second, third cousin, mm-hmm. whatever, twice removed or a zillion times removed. And um, they, uh, you've always called them aunts or uncle so-and-so. And now they're like, you've got a certain age and they're like, oh, don't you drop the aunt or drop the uncle. Just call us like I got a cousin Sue and just call us Sue and Bud. I'm like, you know, and I still to this day call her aunt. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to the next part of the chapter and the discussion around that because Paul always brings a really good uh, dynamic to the discussion. Yes, he does. Shell notes, and rightly so, she really should talk to Gabriel and that there is still a little intimidation with Catherine and Betty says they're still not that close. It's not like they hold each other's hair while they vomit after too many drinks. Oh, my God, Betty. Well, that's true. No, no. They don't have to hold her hair. She doesn't have to hold her hair now because she cut it. (laughs) That's true. Oh, Oh God, I'll never forget the first time I I cut my hair. (laughs) My husband, I was what did you do? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Spouses have, uh, sometimes they have strong opinions on that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Oh, my gosh. This has been a great discussion, Shell. And thanks to you and everybody in the chat. That's what makes this podcast special. And we really appreciate all of you joining us this morning. And for those who couldn't be live in the chat, We're glad you were taking time to listen today. And I'm hoping and wishing you all a very, very lovely week, premiere week of Gabriel's Redemption Part 1. I can't wait. Absolutely. Still not ready. Still not ready. Um, Still not ready. Not at all. Quite a few of us are not ready And I have a lot of things going this week, so I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to watch it uh, when it comes out. Um, (laughs) But I will watch it before SR. 
joins us. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So. All right. All right. So I'm going to leave us out with, take us out with a little Jesse Cook this morning. Uh, beneath your skin. Have a great one all. Take care, everybody.